0: U.S. Thanksgiving is over. Christmas is just around the corner. Soon we'll have Christmas music on this podcast. The way I play Christmas music is it cold out there. Often in and around the house with Mama Coolius. This is Cool Button, Hockey Podcast, episode 97. And Craig, you've got a Craigslist. It's not a draft list. It's a what-on-your-mind list. There's two teams right now that are just under the rest of the wow groups of New Jersey, Vegas, uh, Boston. And I'm having trouble figure them out, Mom, pom, because I don't know what Seattle and Detroit are all about. I'm not so sure. And what's good for Seattle and Detroit is bad for a lot of other teams. Florida, Pittsburgh, wild card. One of the Alberta teams. One of the central, like, like adding this to the mix, it's like, you know, tryouts. Parents are sitting there saying, I think we'll have most of the same team as last year. Who's this kid? Oh, they just came in from Peterborough. Whoa. <laughs> Kid's good. Kid's good and he plays defense. My kid plays defense. This is going to be trouble. So that's kind of what it's like. But it's fun because we got new blood, Craig. How good is the new blood here in our crib? So, so we
1: have the Red Wings and the Kraken, two very different situations, right? You got an expansion team, struggled mightily in their first year, and and certainly coming in under under the success that the Vegas Gold Knights had, expectations might have been a little bit high. I talked to Ron Francis about three weeks ago and we were just talking, he was talking about, they have more skill up front. They have more ability to to get a game in their favor and not have to chase a game, knowing that they could never really catch up to it because they didn't have enough skill. They trade for Oliver Bjorkstrand. That's a pretty significant trade that they take advantage of a salary cap advantage, which is one of the things Ronnie wanted to do. They end up, uh, signing Andre Burakowski and then Matty Beniers, their first ever draft pick comes in. So you add three players that can help your offense in such a significant manner, that becomes really important for success, you know, and keep in mind too, that the goaltenders, they were counting on, he, you know, were not named Martin Jones and Martin Jones has come in and played really well. So you got a team now. We, if, if you want to use, American Thanksgiving as a as a benchmark for where you sit and what it could mean going forward. Seattle Kraken in a great spot. Detroit's a little bit different because Steve Eiserman in the offseason, you know, said, We need to, we need to bolster this lineup with some with some competitive older players. Oh boy, what a job he did. Starts with Sherrat, goes to Dominic Kubalek, it goes to uh, uh, Andrew Kopp, and certainly with David Perron. Good young group there. They're only going to get better. I'm pretty impressed with what both those teams are doing, and
0: do I think they can carry it forth? Yeah, I do. Carry it forth mean they will be in the conversation? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's hard to say, I'm going to put Detroit at third, bump Florida down. That's going to bump somebody else on the other side this early into the season, and it's still early into the season. The math doesn't help certain teams, but we're not talking about you know 35 and five versus five and thirty-five, which is, you know, uncatchable, so to speak. But you're talking about veterans, and this is what the cap does, because Andre Burakovsky would not have left in other circumstances. You know, I don't think David Perron would have left in other circumstances. So good players move and make other teams better, even with Andre Palat. Now Pilat's probably sitting in, you know, his closet. Home going, they don't need me, they signed me, they don't need me. I'm missing the streak, I get back. But he's he's that good, he's that good, and we know that he'll be a factor when he returns. But it's neat, and we talk about certain styles and certain play. Last year, one of the underlining theories in Seattle was. They're doing some good things defensively. They're just not giving up a save. And if you look at their possession this year and where they're giving up shots, they're doing that again. So it was kind of Seattle's not good defensively. Hang on here. Seattle's giving up goals, but maybe they're at least average or a little above average defensively. And that's that's a different mindset. That That's a different conversation. And when I, I mean, look, they have like Brandon Tannen I'm having a great year on the third line, Yanni Gord, like they'd be on the third line on good teams. Well, they're, they help make this team a good team. If they're on the third line, McCann, Beneers, Everly, as you mentioned, Barikovsky, Alexander Wenberg, you know, not, not my favorite centerman, but, but he's in the mix. There's, there's Beneers is kind of only the kid in the top nine. That's it. And the rest it's, you know, I don't know how long, you know, Martin Jones is going to last. Like the wins and losses, Craig are great. The goals against is good, and the, but the safe percentage is, Still right around the league average. Sometimes average is good. And I I felt that way with Detroit. For certain things, you know, if they're in the mix and the numbers are average, it's good. I think Billy Huso, of all those new goalies, he's his numbers are better than average. Like he's, I remember saying to the people in St. Louis, do you believe in him? You know, they said, don't think that at one point they didn't think about keeping Huso and moving Jordan. They had to make a decision here. What are we going to do? Okay, Jordan's our guy. He was good in the playoffs again last year. He's got that pedigree. So we, we moved Billy Huso, who I had on, on my list. I like, Craig, I don't know where you think he'll be long-term. What's good for Billy Huso is probably bad for Alex Delkovich, but that's okay. Steve doesn't care. He'll take the chance. He'll switch his goaltending. He'll add players to that mix. And there's more up-and-coming Red Wings players. The difference is the Red Wings have more of those guys joining Raymond and Cider. That's what's exciting. Like, that's what's exciting, I think, in Detroit, that the worst Craig by far is over there. Like, the worst by – I'm not saying making the playoffs, but they can see, looking down the road a little bit, the playoffs are in their future.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, you talk about Seattle, and and, and it goes back to that. So, even with average goaltending, now when you have more offense, to Ron Francis's point, right – well now, well now, now average goaltending. You, you know you can get by. You can get by with average, with league average goaltending, right? When when you don't have that offense, your margin for error just uh, is so slim, right? And when your goaltending lets you down, it becomes a bigger challenge. For the Detroit Red Wings, Derek Lalonde talked about how they wanted to get better defensively. And he's talked about their commitment. He's talked about, yeah, there's some areas that, you know, where we're not as good as we need to be to be a a really good competitive team. But he loves the effort. He loves the fact that they're committed to playing defense. And, you know, in, in the January of 2019, true story, the St. Louis Blues were struggling mightily. And they were hoping for Billy Huso to come back. He was hurt. He wasn't, he wasn't. So that's when they turned to Jordan Binnington. You know, Jordan Binnington felt at that point in time, give me a chance, I'm ready. While well, he showed that he was ready. It's always interesting. What happens if Billy Huso is healthy? Who, who, who knows what happens there? But there was a belief by St. Louis that Billy Huso could right the ship there with the goaltending. He wasn't available, so they went to Jordan Binnington. They go and win the Stanley Cup. So, you know, Steve Eisenman is very clear, and I think that this is the mindset Who's gonna help me? Who's gonna help me win? Yeah, I signed Nadelkovich. I like Nadelkovich, but if you wanna be if you want to play, be better than than be better than Husso. <laughs> it's real simple. Be better. If you're not good enough, you're not like you you think that Lindy Ross talking about Mackenzie Blackwood or Jonathan Bernier in New Jersey? Not a chance. He he's probably saying in his in, in his quiet moments, just stay away. Just just stay away. My goaltending's just fine with Vanacek and Schmid.
0: Right this second, and this is just total shots. It doesn't count where they're from, but it, it, it's a start. New Jersey Devils, 25 shots per game, number one. Carolina, 25 shots against, number two. Seattle, 27 shots a game against, number three. And I guess surprisingly, Toronto, fourth at 28 at per shots per game. And... When teams have gone through injuries and ups and downs, and so many teams have been banged up. We've seen teams have to use other goalies. We've seen teams have to, you know, make adjustments as it relates to being banged up. It's interesting when I guess over the course of time and you get your program, you're able to do certain things. Like for Dave Haxtell, I'm sure last people thought, who's David Haxtell? Get rid of this guy. This team's nothing. You know, who's Al Arbor? We're here two and a half years. Haven't made the playoffs. Al Arbor, what's he ever going to accomplish? Al Arbor? Like, give me a break with these guys. It's just, it's just so Lindy Rough. Two games. What has he ever done? We're 0-2. Fire him. You know, all these things have happened. And only a few times, because it's also part of society. No one's ever wrong. No one ever says I'm sorry, or take ownership. Which as soon as you do, it ends a conversation. Coach is mad at the ref, ref comes over. Yeah, I screwed that one up. It actually he tripped his own, he tripped himself. Okay, then we move on. But no, there's always something else or trying to trying to force it, Craig, like some scout that says, this, this guy's still good. Well, how long are we going to wait on, you know, uh, name the guy who's been a first round pick and bounced around. A first round pick gets to bounce around. He gets to go to another organization, then another organization, and it's differently. And that's what's intriguing about what we're seeing right now is there's so many players and you kind of have your own players. Then you bring in a guy like you talked about, like David Perron, like if the blues missed this year, David Perron's factor, David Perron, when he was left, Ryan O'Reilly was left sad and lonely. And he started the year with one goal and was minus 12. No Ryan O'Reilly or no David Perron to help Ryan O'Reilly. And I love how see these other guys get in there and help, you know, score, help the younger players. And we don't know that because we don't see the wings on the bus. We don't see, you know, Yanni Gore talking to Matty Beniers about defensive zone coverage and those things. All we can do is watch the games, and then we see certain things. You're like, "Wow, they they've improved in that category," and I love that. And I love hearing about. I love hearing about that because Luke Richardson. I was watching the Sens broadcast, and you know what Luke Richardson said? Please tell the Sens broadcast what Borea Salming did for me as an 18 year old defenseman in the National Hockey League. If I didn't have Borea there. I wasn't playing in the NHL at 18 and maybe I shouldn't have been playing anyway in the NHL at 18, but that's the kind of thing we don't know about putting, you know what, Craig, I got your kid arm around you and helping. And that's why Steve, that's why he knows. And apparently a stat, somebody told me in Detroit, this was the first year he started the year with not one leftover Ken Holland contract. So you're, you've done this before Craig in a way it's kind of, Now I'm at zero because every one of these guys, I pen to paper. So I don't know if you think that's important or not, but in Detroit, they thought it was important.
1: Well, I mean, it's a fact, right? So like, you know, you can't change the facts. And bottom line is, is when Steve went in there, the Red Wings were at the bottom of the league. So what are you going to do? Continue on the same way and stay at the bottom of the league? Steve Eiserman ain't interested in that, right? So now you make the changes and now you reach a point With draft picks, with, I mean, I think Steve Eisenman with the the four players he signed in the offseason, just brilliant. I'll give you an example, too, about, you, you talk about on the bus, in the room, just mentorship and everything like this. There was a game earlier this season where Detroit, I forget who they were playing, but somebody was coming right at the net, hard at the net, at the Detroit net. And Ben Chirot raced back. It wasn't a, I don't believe it was a close game. I think the game was, the it was kind of settled. And Ben Chirot raced back to the near post to cut that guy off. So that guy couldn't get to the goaltender and potentially, you know, have a big collision in the net. It mattered to Ben Chirot. Ben Chirot understood that that play right there matters. It matters right here, right now. And he showed everybody he was playing with You know what? You're not getting to my goalie here. You're not getting to my goalie. Ben Shroud ended up right up against the post there, knocking it off because he was determined that that guy was not going to get to the goalie. That, to me, is competitive. David Perron brings that. Andrew Kopp brings that. Dominic Kubalik, who was dusted out of Chicago, having a fantastic season in in Detroit. To me, Steve Eisenman knows what it takes to win. He, he, He won three cups, an Olympic gold medal. We know what he's done. Built an awesome team in Tampa Bay that won two Stanley Cups. He's well on his way to uh, building a Stanley Cup contender in Detroit.
0: I remember that play. I remember talking about it on the show. I'm trying to guess because the guy that he hit was in the Kachuk Kane category. And when he was going in, he knew it was going to be left shoulder collision with the player and right shoulder to protect his goalie with the post. Yep. And he was willing to take a double shot whammy. It, 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 like, it, it, he felt it. Like, he he curled over a little bit and then absorbed that. And I remember at the moment saying, you know, in the notes for the show, what a play. You win with these guys. This is a guy that you want. This is a guy who's invested. It's not like, well, it's October. It's early in the year. It's not. That play won't go unnoticed. From Stevie and other guys, and it's again one of our thesisists this year. Wasn't he not available to everybody? Like, was he? Did he only say, "I'm going to play in Detroit"? No, he was available to everybody. And he, 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 if you want him, get him. Right, Brent Burns. He had only a list of three teams he went to. He went to one of. He went. He was convinced me. Okay, I went to Carolina. Like, if you could have got him, ah, he's got a no trade. We forget about that guy. Well, if we talked to them. Could we ask him? Could, I know the answer is always no if we don't try. Oh, what about her to the prom? Ah, she's ahead of the cheerleaders. Well, I'm gonna go ask anyway. Who, who knows if we don't ask? You know, and you also hear who else might be available. Or if you get this guy I like to come, I I have the list of all the new players in the teams. And the one that I keep looking up at is just Detroit because you look up and I keep going, like, wow. Augmented and the kids they've got coming up and one goalie. I don't know if I like them better than Seattle. Like the Pacific's not a strong division. Like I, like what's Calgary? Like that Sutter newser yesterday. Like they, they, There's like their NHL 500 coming home. Erased the bids Three goals, seven assists, ten points. Jonathan huberto That's not special, right? That's that's not special. They don't have the number one line in the league anymore. And at times I'm wondering why it's so hard. Like why it's so hard and not working. I, I, I don't know. Those, like other teams are beating Washington. Other teams are getting points from Carolina. They seem very vulnerable to one thing that goes wrong. If, if you're that vulnerable, Craig, you think one thing's not going to go wrong in a game? You have a lot of things go wrong. It's, you wouldn't think that they're an older veteran coach team. They look there something's off, man. Like, what do you see when you see them? Cause to me, it's not working right now. It's, it's not working.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is a team that we we look at last year. We look at what they were confronted with in the summertime and you know, the moves that Brad Trey living made and geez. And uh, I know Mike Johnson and I talked about it that we thought they might not be as good in the regular season, but we thought they were better positioned come playoff time. Playoffs, playoffs, <laughs> you know, as as Jim Morris said, playoffs. I'm not. They, they better get their act together. He, he, here's here's where I felt they've struggled, Stephen, watching them. Is that Markstrom is is nowhere close to where he was at last year. So we talk about goaltending. We started off talking about goaltending, right? Here we are back to goaltending. The other thing, and I use this all the time as a comparison in the NFL, CFL. Games are won at the line of scrimmage. That's that's where you win games. You win games at the line of scrimmage. If you cannot win on the defensive and offensive line, you got no chance. Saturday at the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio, the Wolverines pummeled, pummeled the Buckeyes on the line of scrimmage and route to a 45-23 victory. Go Blue. Anyway, I digress. The line of scrimmage in hockey is the slot and inner slot. That's where games are won and lost defending them and scoring in there Calgary's fine defending. They are terrible on the offensive side of things. They don't go there. They don't play there. They don't drive the puck there. They don't go there with their bodies. They don't go there with enthusiasm or with a, with a hunger to pay the price. Lots of what I call empty calories. Oh, they had 40 shots against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Six were dangerous. You know, I remember Ken Hitchcock saying one night, Patrick, Watt could have played in a rocking chair. That 40-shot game against Tampa Bay, you and I could have played in a rocking chair. Until the Calgary Flames want to pay a price offensively, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. Defensively, they're fine. In fact, they're pretty decent. Goaltending has to be better. I've seen a little bit of an uptick there. Offense, keep, keep playing. Keep playing outside. Keep playing outside hockey. Teams just go, go ahead. We don't care. Take your 40 shots. Feel good about it. Hide behind it. They're hiding behind what I call non-competitive offensive play. Good luck. Till that changes, they're going to be in the same boat.
0: Well, that's why that's surprising. Because the belief would be, why wouldn't Elias Lindholm or Jonathan Huberdeau and Tyler DeFoli and Milan Lucic and Andrew Mangiapane want to get to these spots? And how you've pared it down, it's almost as if, you know, kids say now, in a conversation, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. In other words, Dad, get right to the point. Well, here's right to the point. You take all the teams in the league, where they are, offensively, in the slot, inner slot, slot, and defensively, and say, I want a breakdown of the trench, of the 1919 trench, right here at the line, okay? That's where the soldiers are, and the games are won and lost. And then I say, okay... Who's number one in the league at getting the most of those opportunities and number one of giving up the fewest? Well, it's the New Jersey Devils. So you're like, does that make sense? Yep, that makes sense. Who's number two in that category? The Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, so you know what? Their record maybe should be a little bit better then, you know? And maybe some of those losses at the start of the year where they were getting those chances and not scoring and giving them up and not getting a save right? So that's two. Vegas is there. Carolina's there. Boston's there. Oh, that's, so all these guys hang out at this club. Well, no wonder they call it the GQ because that's about the, the Ws. That's the teams that are there. And you want me to tell you the teams that are not there and they're at the bottom. And it sounds simple, but to me, I say this, I live to get in front of the net. I live to get in that area. Where a goal scored from the second row? But come on, man. And I think that this is a great way of judging how fast you are, how quick you are, how skilled you are, and your will. Do you have the will to go with the skill? And, yeah, some of these teams will get better in that category and everything else. But, Craig, it's a great metric where you are in Craig Button's trenches. Not trench coat. Trenches. (laughs) Trenches.
1: <laughs> Trench coats are for scouts, anyway, although that's changed too. But what I would say to you is you know, we talked about the devils. What's sustainable? Bet on the teams that have those positive metrics, offensively and defensively.
0: It's that time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for KB on Ice, brought to you by our good friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. Craig, let's get people rich or at least some jingle jangle in their pockets. What do you got?
1: I like that. See these shadows behind me? Can you see those shadows behind me?
0: Yes, I see. Shadows
1: of New York Rangers season last year. Oh, boy, I don't like it. New Jersey on Monday night goes into MSG and shows who's the boss of the big three in, in the New York region. Tuesday night. Boston streak over. Tampa Bay goes in. I think we're underestimating the Bolts. They go in and break that home winning streak. And on Wednesday night, I'm telling you what, I like the Detroit Red Wings. I like them. They got Buffalo at home. I'm going with the Red Wings in Hockey Town on Wednesday over the Sabres.
0: I will take the Rangers to give it to the Devils. And this will kickstart the Rangers waking up this season because sometimes you need to play your old team or to get over some type of mental hurdle. So I'm going to take the Rangers to win. I'm going to take Calgary to beat Florida on Tuesday. Flames home, take on Kachuk, and beat them on Tuesday. Edmonton goes into Chicago, and they spank them, and McDavid gets four points Wednesday. So Rangers, Flames, Oilers, and McDavid. Mr. Craig Button, it's going to be crazy. I was going to do the Boston game. I'm glad that you did because (laughs) I stayed away with it. Sports Interactions Canada Sportsbook. Log on to sia.com forward slash cool pod and sign up, deposit to today. So much going on in the world of sports. Open your eyes. There's other sports going on. You can bet on them. Canada Sportsbook is sports interaction. Please gamble responsibly. Year two of 32 teams. We play over 1,300 games. 328 is the official 25% mark. We're now past that. So. What have we learned that's really good, doesn't matter, and really bad? I'll give you an example. I would say right now, I'm really proud of the Winnipeg Jets. And a guy like Josh Morrissey's caught my attention. He might be on Team Cool Canada. He's played that well. He's done some good things. He's decided to make up his own rule of breakaways and overtime. And I love the way players know They know when they can change a game. And that's what happens with a really good player. A coach said after a game on Saturday, well, they've got that guy to be able to do that. And that's what you need from star players. Or the rest of us are all schmucking it out there at 1-1, and then the star player makes it happen. What a season we all know for McDavid. Jason Robertson we talked about last week. And everyone doesn't have to lead the league in a certain category. Sometimes you just have to be noticed. And I think the Jets and Josh Morrissey to me, Craig, is a guy that's noticeable. And I like, I like what he's doing. I don't think he was not allowed to do that in the last administration. I just, I'm just seeing the Jets be better, better in more areas this year. That, that's what I'm saying, Craig.
1: And I agree with you. And and so what ends up happening, a a Jets team with better positional discipline allows players to, you know, be better. Because now, one of the things, and I had a big problem with the Winnipeg Jets, the way they play. I I, I do think the regime change has been significant. By the way, I felt that coaching was a big problem in in Winnipeg. Big B, big I, big G. (laughs) So I thought there was, a lot of mindless pressure, a lot of running around, a lot of chasing outside the dots, chasing below the goal line. I see a lot more positional discipline. You know what all positional discipline does for you? It also allows you to expend less energy. And now you're ready to, to, to take advantage of opportunity. You're in better position to defend. You're also in better position to attack. You know, that that's the whole thing. And so I saw a lot of mindless pressure in Winnipeg, and it hurt the players. It hurt the players and it hurt the team. I don't see that with Rick Bonus's team now, and I think it benefits Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, a lot of players. And I think early on, you could still see some, some remnants uh, of of how they played, and and you know Rick wasn't there at the beginning because of, because of his illness, but now you're seeing them really, really being stronger in the, in their discipline. And that's going to help. That's going to help all players. And that's what I see in Winnipeg. And it helps Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey's always been a really good defenseman. Well, now what he's doing now is he, he understands, hey, wait a sec. Less, you know, the saying less is more. It applies. You know, I'm going to go back to football because I'm still excited about the Wolverines big win against the Buckeyes Saturday. You know, in football, they talk about sealing the edge. Don't let the players get around the edge and open into the open field. Hockey's the same way. Defend inside the dots. Don't chase outside the dots or below the goal line. That's what the Winnipeg Jets are doing. Oh, wow! Oh, they're having success. You know what? I'm going to jump here. What's happening in Florida? I've been watching Florida. Not impressed. Paul Maurice is coaching down there. I'm seeing the same things Florida's doing. The Winnipeg Jets did for a number of years.
0: I was going there next. I mean, Markov's <laughs> been sick and his day-to-day, so, you know, that changes what you do with Sam Bennett and Reinhardt and Ant- Anton Lundell. But I like to look at this team on paper, and there's a lot to like. Like, Carter he has been a great story, but now he's been a great story for so long, he's not a great story anymore. You know, they want Anthony to clear back, but, you know, Stahl, Blomberg is a fourth liner with Hornquist. That's good. I think there's things to work with on the third line. We like the defense. Like, it's a very likable roster, Craig. We know why Paul Maurice wanted to go down there. It's a very likable roster. But 4-1 leads, like, that's gone. Okay, it's Bob's fault. We go to Spencer Knight. Ah, He's still apprenticing on the job. Way too loose. Like, last year, they would have won that game 7-5 because they would have been up 4-1. They would have been down 5-4. And then they... They just would have went off again and scored. and But they were outscoring a lot of mistakes last year, which is fine. They don't have that type of offense this year. Matthew Kachuk has been outstanding. Like, Matthew Kachuk is having a phenomenal season. And if you look at the, you know, Huberdos, the Uyghurs, and the Johnny goodrows and Kachuk, no contest of are ranking those players on the moves. So is there just too much leakage? Is there... Too much, uh, is trepidation a word when you're not sure what you're doing defensively? Is there too much questioning our own defensive system? Because right now, it doesn't matter if there's eight good teams in the East and eight bad teams. That doesn't matter. Florida, they're one of the eight. But hang on a second. New Jersey's good. The Islanders are good. Buffalo started good, but now Detroit's good. So now we're starting to say, where are we on past the quarter pole and what we're expecting from certain players? Because now I like to think this t- roster is too good to be fighting for a wild card spot, but like the Rangers at times, Craig, they've underwhelmed us. And like the Rangers on the weekend, they also blew a three goal third period lead. Like there's a, there's some symmetry here in a negative, negative manner.
1: Listen, who instills defensive systems for a hockey team? The coach. I saw a lot of poor defensive play in Winnipeg under Paul Maurice. I'm seeing a lot of poor defensive play in Florida under Paul Maurice. Talk around it all you want. Bottom line is, problems that go away by themselves come back by themselves. The problem is is that the problem that plagues Paul Maurice's teams aren't going away. They show up wherever he coaches. That's a fact. People go, oh, that's harsh. Okay, good. Give me evidence otherwise. Because I got loads of it. I got loads of evidence. It doesn't mean Paul Maurice can't coach in the National Hockey League, but you better understand that there's no perfect coaches in the National Hockey League. I sang the praises of Dale Sutter last year, how well he did. I'm not impressed with some of the things Daryl's done this year in Calgary. Does that mean he's not a good coach? No. Just that right now, he needs to coach better. We talk about goaltenders having to play better, players having to perform better. Guess what? No Sutter's got a coach better. He's not doing a good enough job, in my view. Paul Maurice, do I think he's capable? Yeah. Do better. You know, I always say this. You know, coaches can talk to players and say, oh, we need more audio. Well, guess what? I tell coaches, we need more audio. I'm not a, like they're not they're not off limits here. They're not off limits. And the way a team plays is a direct reflection on what the coach wants. Players don't go out and do what they want. They
0: do what they're asked to do. That's a good rant. I like that. That's great. So how will it improve from here on in? Well, understand
1: that what you're doing isn't working very well. The first thing is, is identify the problem. You know, then the second thing is, is finding solutions for the problems. I worked with Ken Hitchcock, Rick Wilson, Doug Jarvis. Three brilliant minds. Ken Hitchcock said he was never around anybody, anybody in his entire life that was as good as Doug Jarvis at identifying the problem and coming up with the right solution. If you want to be married to your system, you've stopped coaching. Coaching isn't about your systems. Coaching is about recognizing what the challenges are in front of you and how to adjust. Stanley Cup playoffs 2017. Pittsburgh Penguins are decimated by injuries on the blue line. They're down in that series two games to one. They're going to play game four in Ottawa. And all of a sudden, Mike Sullivan says, okay, we don't have this. What are we going to do? You know what they did? They changed. They changed how they were going to pressure. They said, we're going to defend in front of the red line. We're going to put up ice pressure. We're going to take. We're not going to go back to our own zone and hope that we can play there. We're, we're short man. So we're going to put pressure in front of the red line and not allow them to get into our zone. Those are the adjustments teams make. Coaches that go all the system, just play the system, they stop coaching. So it's real simple. You know, Paul Maurice has tons of experience in the league. Dale Sutter has tons of experience in the league. Gerard Glenn has tons of experience in the league. They've had success in the league. Find solutions to your problems. Because your problems are a direct reflection of, 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 of either what you've asked your players to do, what you've not asked your players to do enough of, or, bottom line, what you're asking them to do isn't good enough. <laughs>
0: And personnel comes into play. And when we have teams that we think have pretty darn good personnel here, like we are talking about the Rangers, Florida Panthers, and the Calgary Flames here, let's, let's call that what it is. Like there's, there's a lot to work with on all the teams, you know, none of those teams have goalie issues, right? None of those teams are playing 18 year olds on the blue line and hoping none of those teams have seven, eight guys all decimated so those excuses are out the flipping window here, folks. Yep. What we're talking about is I'm being wowed by Dave Hackstall and 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 what's going on in Detroit, the Derek Lalon. I'm seeing i'm I'm actually impressed with somebody who you know well, who's kind of, you know, I think as a coach, I'm impressed with some of the things Sheldon keeps done in changing things to yep. say they, they were, I mean, the least beat Boston and the least have a winning record against New Jersey. And those are the teams that have hardly lost in the East this year. You've got to come up with ways to make sure the Bruins don't score on the power play. They don't get middle ice. Um, And they've had some issues on defense and and health issues. So now you need to coach. Like, now it's like I need to coach. I have my best three defensemen out of the lineup. What am I going to do? I'm going to challenge these guys to say, this is a chance of a lifetime. This is how people get opportunities. Let's have a Wally Pipp incident out there. And they're not the only team because the Bruins were (laughs) up at the start of the year. They got through their injuries and, the you know, and we can go on and on and on. But to me now, I'm really curious about changes. And you brought Ken Hitchcock and I've read a lot about Ken. I mean, got to know him a little bit from, you know, the television days. And when Ken has a great quote, he goes, I thought I knew everything about coaching. We went to Memorial Cup. I play a two on two aggressive pinch. We're coming down. That game ended nine eight or whatever, eight seven, you know, playing great teams, probably the Lindros era. And he went to myself, here I am thinking I'm the greatest coach. I'm playing the two on two aggressive pinch. And he goes, I know nothing. So I look in the mirror, I go, I know nothing. I know once, like I got one little thing on my resume, one little thing as an apprentice goes after that about, protecting outside the dots. Let them come to us in the corner at times. We won't chase because they got to go through the hatchers. So why do I want the hatchers getting into a one-on-one battle that they might get beat and they get beat to the front of the net, puts pressure on Jamie Bruner? No. So they will come through the wall. And if they can come through Carboneau, Hatcher and Belfort, I will take off my hat and shake their hand. He didn't have to do that to it, And I love that and a different era, different style, but that's part of it as well. You know, there's puck battles that can be battled 50-50. There's others that you can concede to them. When you're first to it, of course you go get it and then make a play. But what's your play? There's some teams that play that get it out. Other teams that play, no, no, we're gonna still get possession. Others use center breakout. The game is happening right in front of us. And their coaches are giving us all their tricks in their train. But it happens so quick, Craig, that some people notice, some people don't. What bothers me when a play goes wrong up the middle and they say, first of all, what are they doing passing up the middle? Right away, I say, how is that color analyst on the air? When we, when we played this way, teams break out this way because the wall is sealed. There's so many, and Ken Holland said it best, just watch. And when you watch, they'll give you everything that they've got and don't have. And then I sit there and say, I love it. And what's great about this year is it's not the same old East. It's not the same old West. Some teams are sweating it. Like the Oiler come from behind. I'm not saying it's a season saver, but boy, oh boy, it can be a springboard into something else, Craig. Because you said last week, waiters were fourteen and five last year. They had, they were the squirrel with, you know, they had nuts in the bank. You know what they said at game twenty-one this year? Nuts, we're in trouble, man. And they pulled that one out. Kudos to them and Dylan Holloway and Ryan McLeod. Because sometimes, and and I give I, I know the third period. I watched the third period again to see it. In the third period, we said we will lose eight nothing. We won't lose 3-1, 3-2. We're coming and we will take these gambles. Well, who cares if we lose eight, nothing? And I just thought it was a moment that we, when you've circled the moment and you and you've had this before, you circle You don't think the blues moment over Florida is a moment? You know, I, I thought the weekend was crazy for all of that because I knew you uh you had that on your proverbial list.
1: I did. So let me I, I I'm gonna tell you a Ken Hitchcock story, and just tell you. So our video coach in Dallas was Leon Frederick. Leon used to come in at four o'clock in the afternoon get everything ready for the power play penalty kill for the games, right And then he would do the games marking the games and then he would stay game would end and Leon would stay until 1 130 at night, cutting all the clips, cutting everything. Ken Hitchcock would come at 6 a.m the next morning and do his workout. He worked out he worked out the you know religiously, From six to 7th, have a shower, those clips, and he'd have those clips, and he'd watch them while he was working out on the treadmill. And then he would come in, he'd have a shower, assistant coaches would come in, Rick Wilson and Doug Jarvis, and they would go over, okay, practice was designed, here's what we need to do better, here's what we didn't do very well, here's the solution for it. Ken Hitchcock never came in and said, well, if the guys just play the system, we'll win. <laughs> he understood that there was other good coaches out there and that, the, and that they were trying to combat what, you know, good teams were doing. That's what coaching is. It's adjusting. Right. And I agree with you. I think Jay Woodcroft on Saturday, you know, I don't think he had a choice. I don't think he had a choice but to open up the gates and say, listen, not only are Connor McDavid and Leon all running, you're all running. We're all going here. We're all running. Evan Bouchard scores two goals. I mean, he hadn't scored this year. He's more than capable of that in offense, right? But he opened up the gates and he let the horses, all the horses run, even the little ponies. And I think that it's significant. Sometimes the best game plan you have has to be thrown out the window. It's not working. Don't, don't stay married to a game plan that ain't working. I thought Jay did a really nice job on Saturday with exactly
0: that. And that's coaching and have you seen coaches stick to the game plan to their that that the game plan like sometimes people believe that this is the game plan and this will work just because some things go wrong early and i get maybe not in the first few minutes abolishing certain things or whatever but you might learn in the first two minutes of something that's happened you're down to nothing and it's now it's a timeout call but i think those little stress we spend a lot of time And I get it talking about individual skill because people sometimes only watch the highlights or only watch their team. But it's those... Hockey is a glorified game of chess at high speed. But when the moves are made, like we saw, started with Steve Eisenman. Steve Eisenman was playing chess since he got with Detroit and a lot of his moves were around pawns. One-year contract to Sam Gagne. One-year contract here. I need you for a year. I'm not bringing you back. To set up cleaning out the slate to be able to say cop right peron uh Sherat on the back end so that that you don't make those moves if you make those moves too early you got too many green tomatoes larkin's not ready i don't need to prove it to larkin yet i don't i don't need to have a backup for Bertuzzi cuz he might not leave yet no now i've got these guys in place and i've layered my wings sandwich so that's the plan that's a game of chess for uh, managers you know and then involve what we're doing with the coach as they have to be in unison, Craig, or they're all the whole thing's gonna come down. So I find it very, very interesting. And that's what makes watching and just seeing the game so fun. Cause if Gordy House stayed late after practice at 52 during his final 79, 80 season, then I like to say late after practices and games and shows because I want to I, I wanna see what they're trying now. You know that little dry play McDavid to like dry turns his butt to McDavid. Two guys are facing each other. McDavid's over here, right? Right wing circle. dry here. Dricedle's looking at the net and kind of looking back. And McDavid passes the puck over the defender stick to Dreidle one time. Like they invented that play in Nashville. The Leafs stole it, which I don't, I'd steal it too. And then Travis, I go, what's next, Craig? Like, who's going to, like, what's the next Because I, to me, I'm not like Bravo. I went to Generals game. I see guys doing the heel to heel right around them, the net. The Sidney Crosby, the, uh, the cross and drops. I just love it. It's just like watching different skill level of artists painting a beautiful picture. Might not all be Picassos, but I love just the art of watching them do their thing.
1: I can tell you this. This is my final thought here. You know, every artist... Starts off with a blank canvas, blank, whatever, clay, if you're making pottery or whatever you're doing, right? It all starts off blank. Then they start. They let their imagination go. They let their creativity go. It doesn't all turn out like a a masterpiece. Sometimes it gets thrown away. Sometimes it gets ripped up. But if you kill creativity and you kill imagination, you're going to kill the brilliance. You're going to kill potential masterpieces. Don't ever kill creativity. Don't ever kill imagination.
0: And that's perfect because it was McDavid's creativity and imagination of taking the puck around the net and cutting in front of the net and two defenders that set up the game-winning goal because I'm sure they thought he's not going to come through here, is he? But he did, and that led to the Dreisaitl goal uh, and a huge victory for the New York Rangers. Craig, this has been a lot of fun. I I wish the games were on right now because I feel like watching games right now. uh, So this has been a lot of fun. For Craig Button, Bruce Bolton, I'm Steve Coulias. Episode 97 in the books, 98 here as we're deep into season two. Thanks for listening. Be good and enjoy the week, everybody.